This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr., writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the really unique educational opportunities that people have here in Door County at a place called Bjorklinden, which is connected to Lawrence University on the southern entryway to Bailey's Harbor. And it's a retreat center that also hosts a wide range of seminars throughout the summer and into the fall. And and now they've added spring seminars this year. And one of those coming up this coming week is about democracy and the arts. And with me here to talk about it on the podcast today is Bronwyn Muldin. Bronwyn is a writer, a zine maker, and researcher based in Los Angeles. Got kind of a unique connection that has brought her to Bjorklin in that we'll talk about a little bit. Bronwyn, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. You are joining us from, right now, you're sitting in somewhere in the Los Angeles, California area? I am indeed. (laughs) Door County, as we record this, feels a little bit like Los Angeles. It is very hot and sweaty in Door County, and that does not happen that often. We get a few of these really humid days every year, but otherwise, we are considered an air-conditioned playground. But it is not that today, especially as the air conditioning has gone out in our Peninsula Pulse office (laughs) as I record this. So Here in L.A., we had humidity yesterday of about 52 percent and people thought they were dying. (laughs) Well, I think it'll be a welcome relief for you to come up here to Door County. Your seminar is called Democracy and the Arts, and it's a very timely one in that Wisconsin is about to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Wisconsin Arts Board, which helps to fund all sorts of different arts projects and, and bring this into communities around the state. So timely but also really interesting to get a chance to talk to you about it. What is this seminar going to be focused on? What are you bringing to Bjorklinden? A couple of things. Thinking about like what is democracy and what is art. So as you mentioned, I'm a writer and I'm a zine maker, and I have been involved for the past couple of years with an organization called Artists for Democracy. And we are a group of people who are concerned about democracy, want to strengthen our democracy, and also to build a better democracy, a more just democracy that we believe is possible. And a lot of the work that we do is around getting out the vote. And in particular, we work with artists and art students to you know, help them get red vote and to, to research the ballot and show up on election day. A couple of things we're really clear about, and this we'll be talking about this in the seminar next week. Number one is that we're not going to try and tell them how to vote. We just want to make sure that everybody who has the right to vote has the tools and the knowledge and they know how to go out and do that. So, so that's our starting point. But we also know that democracy is about a whole lot more than voting. You know, it is about showing up to a city council meeting and speaking your mind. It's about getting engaged in your local community. And one of the things I think about when I think about kind of the kind of day-to-day activities of democracy is the things that you might do in your community, like volunteer to be on a school, on on a, or to, to run for school board 
or to volunteer for a community garden steering committee, or maybe you're on some kind of committee at your church where you are helping to run and manage the church. And those are the kinds of civic engagement kinds of activities that are part of what make our communities run. And they're really at the heart of how our democracy works in America. So when we get together next week in the seminar, we're going to be talking about democracy, everything from voting and from, you know, running, maybe running for for public office yourself, but also to including the kind of day to day things that we do to engage with our communities. And so when you think about that in democracy, let's also think about what does that mean for art? Like, what is art? A lot of times when people say the word art, they're thinking about that stuff that hangs on a wall that somebody a hundred years ago painted and, you know, you go to a museum to see it or they think about an opera performance or maybe a musical. But art is also something that happens really day to day for us. You know, art Mm. happens when you sing in the choir or your kid brings home a drawing that they did in school or, you know, you engage in kind of, you know, you're, you're knitting or reading or writing poetry just for yourself that you never plan to share with anyone else. So I know that's a long answer, but what I'm trying to give a sense of is this idea that both democracy and art are things that there, there's kind of that, the, the big picture version, but there's kind of the stuff we do day to day. And our conversation is really going to be about how do those things interact with each other? I can talk about it from my perspective as an artist, but we'll have a conversation with the seminar participants about what does that mean for them? What Mm. is, what are the kinds of day-to-day arts and creative activities they do? And also what are the day-to-day activities they do with democracy? And then we'll get to talking about what's the relationship between those two things. You know, you touched on a couple of things when you talk about engagement and what it means to be civically engaged. And I think a lot of people, at least what I witness here, is there's a certain amount of the population that thinks of it as an all or nothing proposition as either I run for board or I'm, I'm not engaged at all. You know, like, and we kind of think mm-hmm. of that too often, I think, as like, well, you should run for board or you should run for your local office. But a lot of it is there's a big step to just showing up and learning mm-hmm. how our government works and attending committee meetings. And it's like, I think of the low level as just like getting on a committee, getting on the or parks committee or a steering committee or some sort of ad hoc committee and participating that way, but also just showing up and, and giving your input and seeing how it's received. Because I see this a lot in public meetings where people just don't even know how the mechanisms work. So they get the wrong impression about how their local government works a lot, just because they're not They're only observing it and taking part when it touches them very specifically or say their business or their property. And then, then they walk away, but they don't find a way to be engaged when it's not about them per se. And I think that's a, that's something we struggle with even at a small town level, forget about the national political scene. Yeah. And it's really interesting because local government is really so accessible to us. I mean, even in a city like Los Angeles, you know, there, you, you can show up to a city council meeting. You can sign up to give testimony to speak your mind. And I actually, I, I have created a zine that is all about that. It's a guide for how to give public testimony at a public meeting. It even has hmm. a fill in the blank. Like if you're really nervous and you can't figure out what to say, I've given you a fill in the blank version that would help you write in what you want to say so that you, so that you can do it and gives you some pointers for how to prepare to do that. Sort I of love thing. that idea. 
Because yeah. teaching people how to do it without saying you got to take a civics class is a great way. <laughs> well, I, and I think you're absolutely right. People really think about government as being something separate from ourselves. It is something that can seem very mysterious from the outside. But taking that first step to at least go to go sit in a meeting and watch the meeting and discover that the people, these elected officials or those government officials who are sitting up there with the decision making power, they really are. They are you and me. And we have both the right and responsibility to speak to them and to tell them, tell them what we think, how, what our views are on things. And to do it in a way that is civil and constructive and can help us find common ground. You know, when you say government, that that is us and we are them in many ways, especially at the small town level. But I even think as you make your way up the ladder, we see conspiracy and we have some paranoia about what's taking place. We think someone's getting some backdoor money or getting influenced. And I always tell people like most of the time in my expansive coverage of local meetings, People generally in these boards, especially, and maybe we're lucky in our area, they want to do the right thing. They want to do the thing that makes the community better. A lot of times they just don't know because they are not, they're, you know, they're a gas station owner by day and they go to the meeting at night or they're, they own a bar or a restaurant or they're a school teacher and they're doing this as their civic duty. They're not studying these, the amazing range of issues that even a local government has to take on, on a day to day and week to week basis. So what can sometimes be seen as conspiracy is just like a lack of knowledge. So the more people getting involved, the more people that share their knowledge and, and, and speak out at public meetings, the more people can learn and the better our government can be even on this very small scale. And, you know, it's interesting because I've been working with this, like I said, this group of artists, artists for democracy. And the reason that they have gotten engaged in democracy and, and kind of getting out the vote and, and things like that is not because they are expert in government. They're, they're not at all. They said that, you know, they, they just see, see problems. They're concerned about voter turnout. They're concerned about young people and young artists being engaged. And so they just made a decision to get together and do something about it. And what they're doing is they're learning as they go along. How does this system work? Where are the levers of power? Where's the opportunity for me to get engaged? And so we have, as we've learned as we go along, and I think any group of people who cares about this, if this seems, if getting engaged seems a little bit intimidating or, or even a little bit boring or, or, you know, what, whatever may be that barrier that keeps you from stepping into it, maybe find a group of people who you feel comfortable with, who, who you know, share some common, common perspectives on life and maybe work, do something together. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, even we forget sometimes when you get used to being in those meetings and you get used to being in a public forum or, or speaking in a public forum, you forget the big hurdle for so many people to just stand up in a meeting of 20 of their peers and speak out. Like you, we forget about how nervous so many people are, forget about like the validity of their argument or, or what they have to say, but like just the nerves to, to stand up and speak out just like in class when you're in third grade. Right. So teaching mm -hmm. people how to do that, giving them the tools to feel confident in doing that. It's a really important and worthwhile goal. And I, I love this, the democracy series of zines that, that you've created that I've just read a little bit about. It seems like a, you know, another way to teach people some of that, another way to hit them in a, in a different way and give another outlet to, to get more people engaged. In your, in your efforts to get people engaged and get artists engaged in, in politics and, and civic involvement, what do you find works? Even in simple terms of like getting out the vote, what, what do you find works to get people to go to the polls? 
We, I'll tell you what works to help get people engaged and get their foot in the door is, and, and this is something we're, we've been doing a lot of, is organizing our, our educational efforts around creative activities. Like I will teach zine making workshops. And in fact, as part of the seminar next week, I'll be leading a zine making workshop. So we bring a group of young people together. We, we did uh, this on some college campuses last fall in advance of the election. And we hold a zine making workshop and we guide them through the process of how to make a zine. Each of them picks their own topic. We give them all the materials. They make whatever they want. And they are, and it is an opportunity for them to express themselves creatively, to spend some time reflecting on an issue that is of concern. And then we talk about, like, so what can, what actions could you take to take action on that issue that you're concerned about? And obviously, we talk about voting, and we talk about how, you know, how to get registered, how to, you know, how to do research on your ballot, how to cast your ballot on election day, or how to vote early if that's an option for you. So we, we talk all about those things, but it, that, that entry point, and this is why I think the arts can be so useful for civic engagement, is that it can be such a powerful entry point for people. I think, I think all human beings are naturally creative, and most of us have opinions on something. So giving young folks or giving anyone the tools to create something and then use that as a, as a starting point for a conversation about engagement. I think that, you know, you talk about getting people to vote and then you talk about that all the other ways to get involved. And that's a, sometimes I think about it in terms of persistence, you know, because we, we, we vote and we think, okay, we fixed it. And if you like Donald Trump, you're like, I voted, do my, do my bidding. And I can walk away from the process now, or if I voted for Joe Biden, all right, Joe, fix everything. And I'm not, I'm going to step away. And now it, we get hyper engaged in the election season and then we step away and then we get angry again when something doesn't happen. But we want those immediate results. And one of the things, especially locally, that you see is the value of persistence, of just mm-hmm. sticking with something, sticking on a topic. Up here in, in Door County, we have a, a young mother, Carrie Bauman, who, gosh, it's got to be six, seven, eight years ago, started advocating to change the reading curriculum to work for more students, to work for, for students who didn't learn, who didn't pick up on reading the traditional way or might suffer from dyslexia. And she ran into a lot of roadblocks early on, but she kept showing up at school board meetings every single time. She kept contacting her state representatives, kept working with the governor's office. And a couple of weeks ago, after many, many years, changed the law, changed our curriculum through the whole state. And, but it's really easy to get discouraged the first time you hit that roadblock and the first time that they don't just go, oh yeah, that's a great idea. We're going to do that tomorrow. Like, I think that's what a lot of us, what we expect when we when we have an idea, we think they'll just jump on board and then we walk away. But it's that persistence of staying on it. Like your issue, especially if it's a difficult one, it's not going to be solved tomorrow. And it's not going to, it's not going to be solved by just voting, right? You have to keep on right. those, the people you vote in, you got to then keep influencing them. I could not agree with you more. That is so true. And that's such a great example of, of how that persistence can pay off. And it's something we talk about amongst our artist group is that one of the things that we know is that like you don't just walk up to a canvas and start painting. You have to learn the skills. You have to learn all the tools. You have to, there's trial and error and trial and error. And there are maybe a hundred canvases that never see the light of day until there's that one that, that is, this is what I meant. And then that's the one that you share or 
you know, that they, they, the ones that we see on the wall of the museum, we don't see the years of training, the years mm. of, of disappointment. <laughs> we just see that one beautiful and celebrated painting. And I think that is something, a skill and a mindset that artists can bring. And, and I think it's, it's, it's just if folks, you know, if there's anything that you like have done for years that you really love, maybe you're a really terrific cook. But there's a lot of burnt pans in your background <laughs> before you got that amazing meal that you made. And it's important. I, I really do believe it's important to think about our democracy that way, that it is not perfect today. I mean, even, you know, our own language, we talk about building a more perfect union, that there is always better. We can always improve. And, mm. and it only that improvement only happens when we engage with it and when we take that first step and and try to start making that more perfect, or more better anyway. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. Yeah, that's a really great point. I mean, we a lot of times I, you'll hear the criticism of like, well, government makes mistakes or that program didn't work or that program failed because we hold government to a higher standard than we hold ourselves, which we, sh we should, I guess. But, you know, businesses, you make mistakes all the time. You try marketing efforts that don't work, that you throw stuff at a wall and it, you end up blowing that money. But we don't, we don't allow government to a lot of times and uh, at least psychologically to, to make those mistakes and just fix them and go a different direction in part because it takes longer for government to adjust and, and change those directions. But it is, it's a, there's not just a, the simple game plan of like, here, here's the perfect way to do it. How did you come down this path of kind of studying and, and making this art and democracy connection such a, a big part of what you do? Well, I, I'll be honest. I've always been a person who's just interested in politics. It's just something that, that I'm interested in. But I can also tell you that when I was a kid, my dad, when he went and voted, he would always make make sure to take my sister and me with him to show us how it was done. You know, it was something that he made sure we saw hmm. as just a part of what you do in your life. As I, I have been an activist on a lot of different issues over many years, and when I really started writing in a serious way, one of the things I... I the, the, the concerns that I find myself drawn to, another writer once told me that, oh, you do socially engaged writing, because I am concerned with like, how, what are the experiences of workers? And what is the state of nature? And kind of, kind of, I am concerned with the real world. So a lot of my writing reflects that. The zine making really began in early 2017. I was talking to friends who were talking about going to protest. And I discovered that a lot of my friends had never been to a protest before. And, um, and I, I was surprised. Like, of course, hasn't everyone been to a protest? Isn't that just part of what you do as a person? That's, that is, to me, one of the most important rights that we have is the right to step out into the streets collectively as a group of people and speak our minds. 
And so I created a zine called Protest 101, and it's all about just how to do a protest and kind of your rights and your responsibilities when you are out protesting and what to expect. Like you always want to remember to take a bottle of water with you. Don't forget to take water. Probably a good idea to take snacks. But I think it's, you know, kind of the ordinary things that you that you would do. And it's from there that I start. I realized that there is stuff that I know about kind of about civic engagement, about how democracy works, about government. And I wanted to share that information with people in a way that was very accessible and, you know, didn't feel like they were being lectured, that might be have a little bit of fun and humor built in. So that's when I started to create zines about voting and about testifying before city council. I've done a couple of zines about the relationship between democracy and climate and kind of what's happening there. I think there's a lot to to be explored there. And so so when I connected with Artists for Democracy, that was just such a such a great fit for all of us. And um, and uh, what was really exciting about is about, I would really say, getting engaged with a group of people who all kind of share my concerns about about our democracy and are all, some of us do it, it's embedded in our art. Some of us, it's completely separate from our art, but we all have a common goal and something we're working toward together. And it's a great group of people and we have a lot of fun. <laughs> where, um, you, with these zines, where could people find those? They are sold in a bunch of bookstores across the country, Skylight Books here in L.A. and Blue Stocking in New York. And if anybody's in Chicago, you should definitely go to Quimby's. They are the mo- what, one of the country's foremost zine stores. And you can find my zines there, but you can find amazing other zines right there in Chicago. Is there anywhere to find these online at all? Ah, uh, yes. The artist for democracy website i have put uh, i think most of my zines are there's a there's a, a pdf version of them and so that's artists and the number four and the word democracy.com all right i know so just click click through to the zines that my zines are there a few others and some other great work by other artists as well and then uh, just backtracking a bit you were talking about some of those tips for protesting one of them was you know bringing water and snacks what are some of your other top tips well, wear comfortable shoes. I always, I always think it's a great exercise to make a sign when you come when you come to a protest before coming. You know, get a big piece of poster board and give take a few minutes, like before you come to the event, to think about what is top of mind for you. What's like, what's really driving you to go to this event on this particular day, and put that either in a drawing or in words or in color or you know, however you want to communicate that, because that ends up being a really great conversation starter if you're out in the streets and you want to kind of connect with the other people who are around you, you know, to have conversation, you know, to tell people, look at that, that's a great sign you made. And, um, and to talk about, you know, what are the issues being raised in the signs and being able to talk to each other. So, I mean, it's, it is incredibly cathartic, I think, to be out in the streets and maybe shout, shouting and chanting and surrounded by a lot of people. But it's also the the kind of one-on-one conversations that can happen in that setting, too, that can re-energize you and remind you that you are not alone. Hmm. You know, up here in Door County, I was born and raised here. There's not a a long history of of protest movements in the county. And 
there were a couple during both the George Floyd protests and there were mm-hmm. um, protests during the after the Supreme Court's decision on abortion. And there was mm-hmm. a women's march through one of our towns. And you would hear sometimes from people, you know, we're a tourist destination. This is where people come to get away and they're like, why are you doing that here? This is where we came to get away from everything. We're trying to be on vacation. And you'd hear some of those comments. And I'm just kind of curious your response to some of that line of thinking when it comes to protesting on an issue like that. You know, I mean, I I find it strange. I find it interesting. I mean, I think what is important is there are, if you have an opinion and you want to be able to speak your mind, it is your right to speak your mind. It's also perfectly reasonable for someone who's in the community who's not into like. I really didn't want to go to that, you know, I really don't like that. This isn't what I'm interested in today. And I think the ability for us to to respect each other in those moments and to kind of step back for a moment and try to look at each and see each other's point of view. That's what I would hope would happen. I know when emotions are high, that's not necessarily (laughs) what happens. But, you know, one of our rights, as is voting, as is showing up to testify before city council, we don't have the right to stop other people from speaking their minds, but we do have a responsibility to listen and to, sh- and to, and to show respect for each mm-hmm. other. And I will say, like, it, the, also during this protest, for the most part, people were pretty respectful. They moved by. Some people honk. Some people gave a thumbs down, things like that. But there was respect, and you did see a number of people engage with each other and just discuss things on the sidewalk, which, you know, we need to be able to do that. And we need to be able to d- disagree and, and have conversations like that and then walk away and be like, all right, I don't hate you because we disagree about that issue necessarily. <laughs> you know, you talk about democracy in the arts and I think, and we talked a little bit about engagement and it had me thinking before we, we hopped on the podcast today about a lot of people think, I think social media in some ways has really helped disseminate information and engage people in some ways, but then it also has made people feel like they're doing their duty by what I would say is like maybe a, a like a shallow level of engagement of I posted something on Facebook or I posted something on Instagram or I said something online and there I've sta- I've stepped up versus the somewhat harder way of being engaged and I, I wonder if you've thought much about that like the this the in person versus the, the in person like tangible engagement versus like the social media engagement yeah I I have actually thought a lot about that after the 2016 election I. I did not close my Twitter account, but I did take Twitter off my phone and I check my Facebook account maybe once a month, if that, because I observed the effect that it was having on me, like that, that constant like need for like that kind of adrenaline rush of, of more nation of, oh my, you know, that tweet that, oh my God, can you believe what they did now? Yeah. And so so that was actually one of the things that drove me to want to make physical zines that have a physical like I could hold them in my hands. I can sell them at a zine fair or in a bookstore. Like I I really saw that just the effect on me and it really made me want to step away from social media. Hmm. Now I say that knowing about the incredible positive value that social media can have when it's used well. So I, I have come to think of it as a, it's really a both and. I think we all need to, I, I, I wish we would all be less 
quick on the draw with sending out social media messages and resharing. Like, uh, like take a moment. Is this true? <laughs> Double check your information. Don't just send it because of the headline. Actually click through and read the whole article and see if you really want to share the whole article and see if the headline really matches the article. If it really says, or if it really says what the comment on the headline mm-hmm. said it says. So pause there. And then I think take a moment to ask whether this is going to contribute to a thoughtful conversation or are you just trying to wind people up? Because yeah. I, you know, I, I, I know when I do that, too, like, God damn it, everybody needs to know how awful this is. <laughs> so so I think if we can all be a little more responsible on social media and please stop sharing the bad uh, and I, I don't share misinformation and disinformation. That is so critical. Even if your comment on the misinformation and disinformation is, this is bad, this is disinformation, your act of resharing it amplifies the thing itself. Yeah. Um, I've been to a number of trainings on this. And so really, your this sucks isn't helping. <laughs> Instead, what's the positive? What's the thing you want to see in the world? What builds things up? What says what you do want in the world? And share more of that stuff. And also sit down with other people, engage with people in real life and do the, you know, that I think sometimes social media feels like the opposite of that kind of persistence we were talking about. It's sudden, it's quick, and it disappears. So do both. Do the thing on social media that keeps you connected to your friends and your network on social media that's positive. And also do that work that's going to take the longer persistence to get to your goal. Mm -hmm. I'd have to thank Elon Musk for ruining Twitter because it's really helping me with my Twitter anxiety and that information need all the time. Um, and I don't mean that from a political standpoint. It's just not as good of a platform to get news <laughs> anymore, which is the main reason I used it. So um, now when I, when I go on and I'm like, ah, I'm just not seeing like interesting information. I'm not seeing this, whether I mean, I think they've screwed up all the algorithms, which now makes me like less prone to just sit there before bed trying to catch up on things. So it's maybe helping my sleep even. (laughs) You know, before I let you go, I wanted to have you kind of take people through, for those unfamiliar with Bjorklund at all, what your seminar, kind of how this will play out over the course of a a week, August 6th through the 11th at Bjorklund down in Bailey's Harbor. What's the, what's kind of the format, the structure of this? So it's going to be a mix of lecture and conversation and some interactive activities. I feel like the kind of democracy, civic engagement, and arts that I'm talking about, this is really an opportunity for all of us to learn from each other. And I hope I learn a lot, too. We will talk about what is democracy and what is the arts and what does that mean in our daily lives. We will also do a really deep dive on civic engagement, and we will talk about some specific artists who have done really interesting things around civic engagement and the arts. And that's everyone from Faith Ringgold to Edgar Heap of Birds to an organization called For Freedoms, stuff like that. We are going to spend a, a, a chunk of time talking about the structure of how government supports the arts. There's a really interesting, there's, folks might have heard of the National Endowment for the Arts, but mm-hmm. there are also local There are state arts agencies. You mentioned the Wisconsin Arts Board. Every state has an arts agency just like that. And then at the local level, we have a lot of local arts agencies. Often 
have volunteer boards. So if you're looking for an opportunity to volunteer for something, you might find out hmm. uh, if you're if you have a local arts agency. So we'll talk and and we'll even take that all the way back to the WPA period and the New Deal uh, and funding for the arts then. And uh, I'm kind of carry that forward to today. And we're also going to talk about public art. Public art is a really, it's a very special kind of art that is really about, you know, you think about that dude on a horse in front of a courthouse. That's public art. You know, a mural mm-hmm. on the side of a building. That's public art. Well, there's interesting ways in which those things get, uh, how they get funded, how it's decided who's going to get to make the art, community engagement that takes place around those artworks very often, who gets selected to make those artworks. So we're going to talk about all of those. And then on the last day, we're all going to sit I should also mention, in addition to that, that on Wednesday night, for folks who cannot be part of the seminar, I am going to be in conversation with a couple of artists on the topic of art and civic life at the Peninsula School of Art. Mm. That is coming up on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. And it is going to be me and Stacy Druyard and Michael Cleaver Diggs. We're all going to talk about kind of art and civic life. So you'll hear my point of view as well as theirs and hopefully have a conversation with the audience as well. Oh, really cool. And that's, is that a free program? That it's free, free for anyone. It is presented by Bjork London and the Peninsula School of Art and right on Door County. It's, yeah. Wednesday, August 9th at 7 p.m. Okay. At the Peninsula School of Art in Fish Creek. Excellent. So ways to participate if you can't make the seminar, but also if you can, the seminars run from 9 a.m. to noon if you are not like a resident in the seminar. And that is available to local residents of Door County. Uh, You don't have to be a Bjork Linden or Lawrence University student. So there are still opportunities to get involved and and sign up for the seminar. So Bronwyn, thank you so much for taking some time to, to check in with us here in Door County and welcome to the county in advance a couple days in advance before you get here. Great. I am looking forward to being there. And thank you so much for thoughtful questions and a great conversation. All right. Thank you all for listening. And we will be back again with the Door County Pulse podcast very soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.